Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you free us from the captivity of sin. We thank you for Jesus and what he has done for us on the cross. We thank you for your word which feeds us and nourishes us and builds us up and equips us. We pray that you would speak to us by your spirit now as we sit under your word and give us ears that hear. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're going to look at the prophetic word of Jeremiah and uh, the false prophet Hananiah. But before we do that, I want to turn first uh, to 2 Timothy 4, 1-5 and Paul's charge to Timothy about speaking the words of God into the lives of his people. Paul writes to Timothy, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, Discharge all the duties of your ministry. It's what Paul writes to young Timothy and it's a pretty sobering word for a young fellow going out to start ministry. In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, you go out in the name and in the presence of God who will judge the living and the dead. And this judgment will happen and no one has immunity like uh, reality TV. There's no immunity pins or anything like that. Everyone will stand. And in view of his appearing, because Jesus Christ will return for his people, which quite frankly makes the message Timothy is to proclaim the highest priority and supremely important. And what's the message? What's the message that Timothy is going to proclaim to God's people? But the message of the cross of Christ. It's a call to repentance, turning away from a life captive by sin and the power of sin and turning to Jesus, believing in him and receiving life in his name. And to do this, Timothy needs to be prepared. He needs to watch his own words and he needs to watch his own life. He needs to correct false teaching and practices, to rebuke and encourage the people of God. And Timothy's called to do this patiently and with attention, great attention to the details. Why? Because, Paul says, people will ask and even come to expect a very different message. A message usually affirming ungodliness and worldliness minus any call to repentance. And we live in a culture we know minus the call to believe in anything you don't feel matches up to your lifestyle choices. In other words, people will surround themselves with teachers who won't challenge them or raise the bar or point them to any kind of obedience or real heavenly hope who will leave out ugly things like repentance and crucifixion and death, who water down the real message of resurrection and the power that that means for your life, but continually instead to declare peace 
and love and wealth and prosperity and comfort, no matter what. What's the itch in the ear that you want satisfied today? Are there things in your life you want God's word to affirm? Do you want God to say that he wills all people to be materially wealthy? That it won't affect your life with God if you opt out on worship? Do you want God's word to say that your faith is private and so it's okay to keep it to yourself? That the other person is wrong, so it's okay to treat them badly or judge them or talk about them? What about in our marriages and our close relationships? What are our ears itching to hear there? And there are our itching ears ever really satisfied by the scratch of the world? Or are we soothed by the balm that comes from confessing our sin and receiving forgiveness and release so that we can walk in the direction that the Lord has set for us, which is the path of true relief and joy? You see, false prophets and itching ears are an extremely dangerous combination and it is happening all around us. Now imagine it's 593 BC, some six centuries before Jesus and before Paul had this conversation with young Timothy and there stands the prophet Jeremiah in the presence of the priests and all the people in Jerusalem and we should be very impressed because Jeremiah is showing remarkable restraint as a false prophet babbles on. And that false prophet is Hananiah. He's a prophet of peace and he's claiming God's authority for a message that goes head to head with God's word that's been spoken through Jeremiah. Which way are the people going to go? Are they going to be swayed by Jeremiah or are they going to go with Hananiah and what he's going to say? Which prophet's going to go home a loser today? Hananiah is doing exactly what Paul warns Timothy about in the New Testament. He was tickling, itching ears with what they wanted to hear and he is on very dangerous ground. The topic is exile. Not a popular topic, being carried off into captivity by the Babylonians. Some have already been taken into captivity but word is there's many more to come. And if we listen to Jeremiah, we're looking at almost everyone being carried off into captivity under Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, because of open and continued rebellion against God. Jeremiah is telling us that there are consequences for open rebellion and breaking the covenant relationship we have with God. He's not saying that God doesn't love the people he created. He surely does. But he's saying that idolatry and sins of all kinds carry consequences that are painful and he's calling for a changing of ways, repentance, but nobody is listening. But if we listen to Hananiah, it's a different story. It's a much lighter sentence. See if you prefer this one. Two years and everything will be just like it was before. That sounds better, doesn't it? In effect, what Hananiah is saying is, you know, come on, God is a God of love. He's not angry at your sin. So you've rebelled. It's okay. We all do from time to time. God won't send you into exile for your sin. Here's an encouraging rub on your back. Come on, chin up. Don't beat yourself up. Don't bother with repentance. God accepts you just as you are. Let's have a cup of tea. Things all look much better in the morning now. Who would you vote for?
captivity and exile, or a back rub and a cup of tea, peace and comfort. This isn't a competition between prophets though, is it? The truth is, it doesn't matter who you vote for. The Lord and the word of the Lord is about God and it's about God acting. It's about God's plans and he will act. Jeremiah says, Amen, Hananiah. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfil the words you have prophesied by bringing the articles of the Lord's house, that's treasure out of the temple, and all the exiles and people back to this place from Babylon. Jeremiah would love it if this were actually the case. But it's not what the Lord has spoken to him or through him. Nevertheless, goes on Jeremiah, listen to what I have to say in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. From early times, the prophets who preceded you and me have prophesied war, disaster and plague against many countries and great kingdoms. But the prophet who prophesies peace, like Hananiah, will be recognised as one truly sent by the Lord only if his prediction comes true. A true prophet's words will actually happen according to God's plan and God's purposes. So Hananiah, who was not sent by the Lord and who set people up to trust in a lie, died that year as Jeremiah told him he would. Hananiah's open rebellion and false prophecy that pulled others into a lie cost him his life. That's how seriously God takes the truth of his word and its proclamation. And the people were carried off into captivity in Babylon in 586 BC because they refused to repent and trust in God even though God pleaded with them, please my people, turn around. He pleaded with them but they would not listen. So what I want you to hear today is false prophets lead both themselves and others into a false comfort and a false peace that is actually a deep spiritual exile and captivity. They they tell people what they want to hear instead of the truth and they lead them deeper and deeper into sin. Now one thing I'm constantly amazed at is the spiritual insight of people who do not come to church. Who's heard that classic line, oh, I couldn't come to church. If I took one step inside that building, the walls would collapse in on me. You heard that before? I've heard it in my own family, yeah. Let's see the nods. And what I love about this statement is that people are honest enough to admit they live in ways that would be confronted in the presence of a holy and almighty God. They get the Old Testament image that it completely obliterates that which is unholy and unrighteous. People who are concerned that the walls of the church may collapse on them recognise that they are living in captivity and exile away from God and his holy presence. And perhaps even deep down they think it's unsafe to come to church. And we might find ourselves tempted to say, come on, chin up, don't beat yourself up or repent. God accepts you just as you are. Let's have a cup of tea. Things will look much better in the morning. But we don't want to align ourselves with Hananiah, the false prophet of peace, do we? The risk is that we lead people into greater slavery and sin and captivity instead of pointing them away from their old life and towards new life in Christ. The intent is good, wanting to make people feel at peace. That's not a bad thing. 
But that peace can only truly come through the whole counsel of God. So our calling is to affirm this thinking in others and in ourselves because often the first thing to get dumped in a Christian's life when they're racked with guilt or stuck in a pattern of sin is worship. Why is that? Why is it that worship is the first thing that gets dumped when we feel bad about the way we're living or about our lives? So we can encourage each other here too. Not judging each other, that wouldn't be right, but being honest and loving each other with the truth. Loving each other with the truth. To say, you're right, God's holiness and righteousness should confront us. It should cause a deep reverence and humility in us. You're right, the church wall should cave in upon us all. But God's anger at sin was directed at someone else. The walls caved in upon Jesus on the cross who carried the weight of our rebellion and our unrighteousness. Through him and only through Christ we can enter God's house in humility and with a deep-seated reverence to receive forgiveness and help and freedom from the captivity and the bondage of sin. We can say, friend, the walls will not cave on you. They will not cave in on you. A true prophet's prediction of peace has come to pass. I read this to you last week, so it will probably be in your mind. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me, says Jesus, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. Jesus said to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your presence. Today, this scripture is fulfilled again in your presence. You can trust these words, not only because they were prophesied long ago by the prophet Isaiah, but because they've been fulfilled in Jesus and sealed forever on Calvary's cross for you and me. Jesus comes to us all today with good news, with releasing news. The walls of the church won't cave in on us or our friends. Jesus has carried all our sins and freed us from the captivity of sin. And friends, this is a message that we just keep on living this message of freedom from spiritual exile and captivity. We keep on reliving this. We keep hearing God's prophetic word calling us to repentance and faith in Jesus. We keep hearing Jesus' words releasing us from captivity and slavery to our thoughts and to our words and to our actions. The things that are hidden in our lives that God sees and the things about us that are public and everyone sees. False prophets and itching ears deprive us of the freedom and release that God speaks into our lives. That's why this is so important. Those words of false prophets, they may sound appealing to our itching ears, but they deprive us of the gift of repentance that leads to rejoicing in the presence of angels, as we talked about, and freedom from spiritual exile and captivity. So this week... Look to Jesus' cross. 
Take comfort in the power of your baptism and be certain that through faith in him you are no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer an exile or bound for captivity. Your journey is heavenward. The call of Jesus and the comfort of his cross truly is the only balm that satisfies what itching ears need to hear. In Jesus' name, Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds safe in Christ Jesus and his cross. Amen.